Hi, my name is Annie Grossman, and I'm a dog trainer. This podcast is brought to you by School for the Dogs, a Manhattan-based facility I own and operate along with some of the city's finest dog trainers. During this podcast, we'll be answering your questions, geeking out on animal behavior, discussing pet trends, and interviewing industry experts. Welcome to School for the Dogs podcast. Hey, everyone. We've been getting a lot of questions about how to train a dog to go inside. Usually dog trainers are asked for help training dogs to go outside, but due to this mass quarantine, people can't go outside with their dogs or don't want to go outside with their dogs. And suddenly, this new problem presents itself. How do we train dogs to go inside. For an expert opinion on this, I wanted to talk to our trainer, Anna Ostroff, who is one of my very good friends and just a a wonderful trainer in person. But as often happens with me, I was kind of last minute on this. And so rather than arrange an interview with her in advance, I called her up with kind of a surprise interview. I think you're going to enjoy hearing about her dog, Ginger, and how she trained Ginger to do her business in the closet. Hey, Annie. Hey. Is this a good time? I'm going to put, yeah, we just finished. How's it going? Good. So this is a kamikaze interview because I I want to talk to you about teaching your dog to uh, pee in that house. Are you really recording right now? Is that okay? Oh, yeah. I just... (laughs) People don't normally call you up and ask if they can record you talking about how your dog pees in the house. Well, you know, these are weird times, Annie, so <laughs> <laughs> you, times. you never know what you're going to ask to do these days. <clears throat> how are you? Cool. Um, I'm doing okay. <laughs> so you, you want me to just, like, talk about how I trained Ginger to be in the house? Well, I mean, I guess I, I should explain, I guess, to anyone listening that you have a dog who's very sensitive to New York City, among other things. And, um, well, why don't you explain how it came to pass that Ginger is an indoor pottier? I mean, the reason I want to talk about this is because so many people are asking this question right now because they don't want to, some of them can't go outside or feel like they shouldn't go outside or whatever the reason is. There's an increasing amount of people trying to get their dog to go to the bathroom inside, which is unusual, an unusual thing for a dog trainer to be asked about because usually it's the opposite. Yeah, totally. So Ginger, you know, as you mentioned, Annie, she definitely has what we as trainers call urban anxiety. So she gets really nervous going out into the city with all of the cars and sounds and skateboards and we don't have a backyard because we live in an apartment up on the fifth floor with no terrace or backyard and so one of the things that is really important to me with all of the dogs that I work with and with my own dog of course is to try to reduce stress in the animal's life to try to be sure they're happy and healthy and one of the things I knew that I could do to help my own dog was give her an indoor potty option because hi Magnolia (laughs) because my dog also loves Magnolia for whoever's listening 
So for Ginger, I knew if I could give her that option, it would be kind of one less stressor throughout the day for her. Now, to be clear, she still is outdoor potty trained. So Ginger does still go potty outside. She knows she's, she can go to the bathroom anytime she's outside. And inside, she knows that there is one specific location that she can go to the potty inside. And so especially like, you know, last potty of the day, right before bed, I feel like there's no need to stress her out and take her out into the crazy city. Um, and some days if she's a little more nervous, we just, you know, she doesn't have to go outside at all if she wants to just go potty in her little potty spot. Um, so the way we set it up for her, um, we have a closet that has, um, it's like a, a door that slides. Um, and basically, just like I would when it's time to, you know, if you were going to take your dog out for a walk, I time it so that she gets at least three, if not four potties a day. And if those aren't outside, then they're going to be in her little potty spot. And we have it set up in a closet. So there's like a tray and like her little pads and stuff that are on top of the tray. And she goes right into the closet, potties right on her potty spot, and then she comes out. And when we were first training her to do this, it actually was not immediate because she was very, very well trained to go potty outside as many dogs are um, who are well potty trained. So she was really, really well potty trained to go outside. So it did take a little while. And the way I did it was I would walk her on her leash to her little closet potty patch <laughs> and take her in and I would wait and see if she would go to the bathroom if she wouldn't go to the bathroom and it had been you know like I don't know like four or five minutes and she just wasn't going I would just follow it by taking her outside and I did this pattern for multiple days until one day she kind of picked up the pattern that every time she goes and stands in the closet. We follow it by pottying outside. And one day, Ginger kind of looked at me very curiously and peed in the closet and then looked at me to see if it was okay. And she got a big reward, party time, lots of fun, lots of happiness, high value treats. And she pretty much took, you know, probably a little bit more of like really high, high value reinforcement to let her know that that was okay and something she was allowed to do. But Sooner rather than later, it just became an additional potty spot. And also, I, I would love to let listeners know that she is still incredibly well potty trained. So we come and visit my family in Maryland a lot, and she never has indoor potty accidents. So there's no confusion. She knows that if she's not near her potty spot, that outdoor is the potty spot. So she doesn't ever like have accidents if we're inside somewhere else. Um, she knows that in New York City, in our apartment, she has basically like humans have a bathroom. She has like a little bathroom and she knows she can go there. A couple questions. She, did, is, did you experiment with different substrates or did you, I, what, yes, what do you I use did. now? Wee wee pads? This is actually really a funny story. We went through so many different substrates, and it wasn't because it was actually less about initially trying to figure out what ginger would go on. That was part of it. We wanted her comfortable, and we knew she liked to go on grass patches or dirt patches. But the reason we had to go through so many is because we started out with, you know, like there's some really great real grass patches like Fresh Patch and Doggy Lawn. That will, like, um, deli are, deliver to you. Yeah, and those are great services, and we use them for a while. I actually really like both. I think they're 
excellent if you have an outside option like a terrace and you want your dog to go like right on that patch the problem is is when you're doing it in the closet of a smaller office your entire little small office starts to smell like like dirt and grass (laughs) so it was kind of funny it wasn't actually so much about the pee smell it was actually just really smelling like uh, I don't know, like a farm or something, like really outdoorsy. <laughs> so we were like, this is so weird. And so we tried like another one that we were like, well, maybe like the other brand won't have as much of like a, a turf smell, you know? And that one did too. So then we, and this was after she was our, so she, as soon as we started with that, and I think it probably helped that we started with that because she was very inclined to, you know, go to the bathroom on something that seemed like dirt or grass. But We then moved to basically like a a fake turf grass. So it wasn't real turf. It was just like the fake plasticky grass over top of a wee wee pad. And that also worked for a while. And it was was a totally fine solution, except that it, you know, was harder to keep clean because the plasticky grass material, like if you want to recycle it, it's hard to really keep that clean enough so that you don't have any urine smell and you know whereas with like the fresh patch and the doggy lawn like those you could like you said you can get them delivered so those were easy just to like throw away come and go but what dawned on me after a little while was just that ginger was just now trained to go in this location so I kind of thought to myself it might not matter if it's grass anymore because she now knows this is her potty spot and so I just started experimenting with plain wee-wee pads after that and she was totally fine she, once she knew it was her potty spot she knew she could go no matter what substrate it was so then since then we've just kind of now just converted to just plain wee-wee pads which has just been a really easy solution for cleanup and everything have you had any clients lately ask you about this as far as dealing with their own dogs? You know, I have not, but I know other trainers at the studio have. I know both um, Emily and I think Aaron have had a lot of clients asking about it. So I'm not surprised given the times that people are asking about this. Do you have any um, specific just- advice then for others who are just trying to get started doing this? My my yeah. my, my, my main... My, I know I asked you a question. I'm being rude by answering it, but <laughs> I want to hear what you have to say too. But what I suggest people just pick one spot, first of all, not have wee-wee pads all over the house. Oh, a hundred percent. And that was part of what was really important when we were training Ginger, that it was only going to be about this one location. For us, it was one location in a closet, but that is exactly why I don't think she ever has accidents anywhere else and that she's not confused about this concept of going inside because it's not about going inside it's about going in your one potty spot so because we were so on top of only that one location it didn't mess up any of her outside training and it didn't cause additional accidents in the Mm -hmm. house and any other tips Yeah, I mean, so I think for different dogs, you might need to do some slightly different things. One thing that was, oh, that I didn't mention that I think would be a huge tip that is really, was very, very helpful with Ginger is that I had already trained Ginger to go potty on cue. So Ginger knew if I said go potty that it meant that she could go to the bathroom. So even though in the very beginning she was skeptical because she knew she wasn't supposed to go inside, it definitely helped because once you have potty on cue, you can hopefully get your dog to go in different locations when you need them to go. So 
one thing you might want to do if you're kind of still in between and your dog is still mostly going outside and you're just keeping it short, you might want to try to get going to the bathroom on cue. And the best way to do that is just when they're going, calmly say your potty cue. So for Ginger, it's as simple as go potty. That is her potty cue. But calmly say your potty cue when they're done, mark and reward, just like you would any other behavior. And just realize it's going to take longer than teaching like a sit because you can't get like 10 potties and treats in a row, right? You're just going to get potty when you get potty. So essentially, it's a good idea to try to get that on cue and just be patient knowing it's going to take a little while. Once you start to know like what your dog's signs are, and you know, a lot of dogs may sniff and circle before they go to the bathroom or something like that. Once you start to know what your dog's signs are, you can start backing the cue up a little bit so that you're saying it just before they go and they're actually starting to respond to the cue. And then hopefully over time you actually have it on cue, which can really help you to transfer it to a different location. What about walking the dog on a leash to their potty spot? Yeah, so that's what I did with Ginger early on because she thought I was a crazy person the first time I gave her her potty cue in the closet. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So what really helped was setting it up like I was going for a walk and literally walking her over to her patch on her leash. And that is also something that even to this day, usually she just walks in and goes now, but even to this day, if like she's super involved in something else or super tired and it's getting late and I'm like, oh my gosh, we just have to go to the bathroom now because I'm going to go to bed. I'll put her on her leash, walk her over and she'll go right away. Right. Because it's like part of the cue really starts as early as putting on the leash. Like we think about a cue cue as the immediate thing, but really there can be secondary and tertiary and whatever. Yeah, and actually that's a really good point too because like even when I visit my parents and she, she we have a little fenced-in backyard and she can go to the bathroom out in the backyard when I'm visiting my family. If she hasn't gone to the bathroom, and again, it's like late, we need her to go so we can go to bed or something. If I just put her on her leash and walk her around the yard, she goes. Right, right. So that's like a really good, a really good point is that, that it's just part of the cue. Anna, you're the best. Yeah. You know, the only other thing I'll say is they do make those pheromones too, or I think it's like that, like, I think it's like a pheromone spray that smells kind of like pee that you can (laughs) spray, you can spray the like grass with or like the pad with to try to get your dog more excited about going. I've seen those. (laughs) I've seen those. I've never known if they've worked, but I guess it can't hurt. You can also buy like gallons of animal pee. (laughs) (laughs) That would be so weird. If you're like ordering a gallon of animal pee to be delivered during this time, people would not know what's going on. (laughs) Maybe we could start selling dog pee. (laughs) Maybe we should start with the little pheromone sprays. That might be more reasonable. Okay. I think you're okay. I think you're right. Before we start (laughs) making a commodity out of dog pee. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for letting me uh, letting me interview you in this kind of blitz way. No problem. And I will talk to you soon. So I don't have a fun fact or a woof shout out today. What I do have is just a simple observation. As dog trainers, we often tell people to avoid leash greetings outside. This is because uh, leashes can inhibit natural body movement and um, can kind of screw things up when dogs go to greet each other because we're pulling on the leash, they're pulling on the leash, their necks are getting restricted. 
etc., etc. And it can be hard for, among other things, it can be hard for dogs to read each other's body language in a natural way. And often, uh, as dog trainers, we tell our clients, imagine you were in a social situation wearing a straight jacket. And um, I've been thinking about this because uh, I've never been in a social situation wearing a straight jacket, but I have been in a lot of situations lately where I've realized I don't know how to read the social cues, the, the little bits of body language people are giving to me because they're wearing masks. And um, walking down the street the other day, I realized I, I had this feeling that that everybody was angry angry at me or maybe they're angry at the world but I, I couldn't help but take it personally and um, it really hit home when when my uh, daughter started crying at the park the other day and a man who was maybe 10 12 feet away stuck his fingers in his ears and uh, I, I realized I, is he being playful is he really annoyed you know I realized I, I couldn't tell because I couldn't see his mouth so um, I think this is an opportunity for us to get a sense of what it must feel like for dogs to try and read each other's body language uh, when they are being inhibited in some way. <laughs> you know, to the extreme is like Halloween parades where not only is your dog you know, dressed up like Liberace <laughs> with a cardboard piano stuck to his back, but so are all the dogs around him. And uh, you can imagine how that could be stressful to try and read all those other. There's so many lessons in this time we're living through that relate to dog training. Um, so more to come, but I'll leave it there for now. If you'd like to sign up for the School for the Dogs newsletter, uh, I have put together a special guide on house training, which includes instructions on how to teach your dog to potty on cue, uh, just sign up for the newsletter at anniegrossman.com slash potty, and I will go ahead and send that to you. Thanks so much for listening. You can support School for the Dogs podcast by telling your friends about it, leaving a review, or shopping in our online store. You can learn more about us and sign up to get lots of free training resources when you visit us online at schoolforthedogs.com.